Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Great uh, pre-owned inventory and obviously a fabulous service department. Great sales staff. Great deals to be had. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. All right, play-by-play call of the day. Big play in the Eastern Michigan game last night. Maybe this is when the power outage occurred. Um, yeah. <laughs> A little technical difficulty here. <sighs> the computer has frozen on me. You know, the, t- the two years that the suit was there, not once did this ever happen. Well, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, look... It was uh, last week I got a phone call. 45 minutes later, a phone call's open. It's over. My wife says to me, Kathy looks at me, she says, that was Johnny, wasn't it? And I said, yeah. She says, 45 minutes, that's all you did was laugh. So with that, we bring in Johnny Holiday, the play-by-play voice of Maryland football basketball. Hello, my friend. This program is being recorded for quality purposes. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I just like to I just like to put that out front before we even start. Well, absolutely. Of course, we're going to play this back repeatedly because, again, we need the boost. Yeah. yeah. Is this any portion of this going to be in the Toyota Sports Desk? It'll be. Uh, it could be Toyota. Could be whatever car dealership of the of the day. Sure. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got you. Uh, there's one question before we even continue. The fee situation we discussed. Yes. Uh, it, it, remember the last time you were on? Yeah. yeah. Same thing? It, remember the exact fee you received? Zippo. Nada. Well, I don't want to have the show portrayed as being cheap. He gets Zippos for doing no, no, no. this? You, you don't have to portray it as being cheap. <laughs> no, that's another statement. I think anybody listening to you knows... <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Here we, I, I swear this wasn't going to happen. I know. I was going to be very serious, and it's all business. It's football, and that's what I'm here for. I'm not here to have game, play games, and have fun. And I want to keep with the format, okay? I want to get in and get out. All right, no problem. We'll do it your way. Well, I, 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 that's, I said I wanted to, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> My friend, how are you? I hope oh, you're doing great. Steve, I can't wait to 
would not see you this week. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, uh, and, and you're the 500th person just this week to say that to me. <laughs> so, oh man, you know, I, I mean, seriously, I, everybody, I look forward so much to yeah. coming up to Penn State because yeah. of the fans, uh, because I get a chance to see you, and we get a chance to, you know, laugh for like a half an hour, yeah. and it's it's such a great atmosphere. But how eerie! Not to have anybody there, and how eerie to have to do the games. Yeah. You know, we don't travel. I got to. I got to look at a, you know, a picture which is sent by your video people, yeah. and do the game from a wonderful, wonderful room. It's a closet in the media room at Xfinity Center in College Park, which uh, I'm I'm familiar with. I know exactly sure. what room you're in. Yep, exactly. So it's yeah. you, you do what you got to do it, but it's not fun doing it like that. No. Uh, I'll say this. Here's the other part that that, uh, Maryland lost out on last Friday night. Those fans would have eaten up that comeback. That's what, that's, you know, that's the one thing that first came to mind. The band, they they would have stormed the field. Instead, you got the players running around looking for somebody to hug. Yeah. And they're hugging their own teammates. I mean, it was such an eerie feeling. Mm. No band. Uh, the Star Spangled Banner, the national anthem, was played in the video board yep. from a game from last year with plenty of fans there, yeah. and it was—it just so—it's so unusual. Yeah, I mean, it's, it really is. Now, what was great to see him watching Maryland play? I want to start uh, with Talia Tungavaiola. I got—I actually do have it. Talia Tungavaiola. Talia, Talia, Talia. He comes. Talia Tungavaiola. Tungo Viola. Yeah, Tungo Viola. Now you got me <laughs> Tungo Viola. If you say it quickly, uh, nobody understands. So let's they, they, they let it go. So let's start with Tua's brother. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> uh, he comes in from Alabama. Many people thought he could win, could win the job. Now that he has it, what does what presence does he bring to that position that Mike Loxley was hoping for? Well, it, it, it's the first time I think. Uh, We've had some good quarterbacks in the past. Yes. But the, the probably the last outstanding guy was C.J. Brown. Yeah. And he's noted for being in that win up there in 2014. Yep. When Brad Craddock had the field goal to win it in the final 30 seconds or something like that. And he was a quarterback in that team. And nobody's had the kind of numbers since C.J. had them. In 2014. Before that, you got to go way back to where uh, Scott McBride was playing. And I'm sure, as James Franklin says, every head coach says, you got to have a good quarterback that you can connect with, you can believe in, he can believe in you. And quarterback and the head coach are locked together at the hip, basically. And what happened with uh, Talia against Northwestern was. I don't think it was not unexpected because the first game, all the hype of him coming in here, winning the quarterback job, his name, his brother, uh, him and Loxley, Loxley uh, recruited him at Alabama, all these things together put an enormous amount of pressure on this kid, I think, anyhow. Mm -hmm. And he didn't have a good game. He was the first guy, Steve, to come back. They got together on Sunday in, in the team house to have their meeting. He was there an hour before everybody else. 
and, and said to Locke, say, hey, coach, what what can I do to improve upon what I just did the other day in that, my first game? I wasn't happy. You weren't happy. Nobody was. I want to correct those mistakes. And that's what you want in a quarterback. And I think his confidence factor that he brings to the team, and everybody loves this kid. I mean, he's got personality. He's always smiling. And now, I'm, telling, I'm giving you this secondhand because we're not allowed to. Right. There's no contact with the players. Uh, but they, he's, they, everybody, just, he's, he's just a great kid, and he's got that certain something going for him, besides having the name, that he is a confident leader. And boy, that's what you got to have. Now, granted, Minnesota and Penn State are two different animals. This will be a huge, huge test for him, you know, come Saturday to see what he can do against a team like yours and the veterans that they got and the defense they got. So if he can, you know, if he can play well Saturday, I think it'll be another giant step forward. But I know he's probably saying to himself, "Okay, I had three touchdown passes. I ran for two. I had a pretty good game. Pretty good game. Yeah. He set records in that game. I can do better." And that's what you want from a quarterback: always improving. Uh, Jake Funk is another guy where if you like, if you love sports, you feel great for somebody that has overcome a lot to turn in a really good performance, which he did. Uh, he had 221 Friday night. His dad played here at Penn State. His grandfather played basketball here at Penn State. So obviously there's some meaning for him in this. What have you seen in his development to get him back on track after all the injuries he's had? I was I was really surprised to see the way he ran against Minnesota. Because not only did he have an ACL last year that cut his season short after only three games, he tore it in the Temple game, and he was rolling in that game. I think he had, you know, like 60 yards or something like that before he got hurt in the game. But he had an ACL the previous year. He's had back-to-back ACL that, that ended his season. Yeah. He's had shoulder injuries. He's had sprained ankles. He's had all kinds of things. He's a fifth-year senior. He already got his degree, and he worked his tail off to get that starting spot. He had never started a game at Maryland until the Northwestern game. Never. <laughs> and he gets he had, he had an average game. He had something like 40, 50 yards against Northwestern. He had never had more than 92 yards in any game. And that was Syracuse last year when Maryland blew out the old Orangemen. So to see the way he came back and to see how quickly he ran, Steve, that's the thing that impressed me yeah. and C.J. and Lamont Jordan. His cutting ability was there. His acceleration was there. His speed was there to the inside and to the outside. He loves to go up the middle, and he loves to take on linebackers and show that even though he's 5'11", whatever he is, 6 feet maybe, that he's, he's tougher than they are. And he's always said that nobody thought I could do this, nobody thought I could do that. Right. And he's got that chip in his shoulder. He said, I'm going I'm to prove everybody wrong. And how many people thought he could come back from an ACL, two of them, and be a starting running back and be ranked after two games among the top running backs in the country? And he's also, Steve, he's just he's the nicest nicest kid you want you want to be around him he he's just got that aura about him of leadership 
and he knows that the, the younger guys in this team, and it's a young team, yeah. it's like like Penn State, they're going to follow him, and, he, and he's such a good example for young people. He's just a just an all around guy that you'd love to have in your team. And uh, he will be one of the captains this week, by the way, for yeah. Maryland. Yeah, he will be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, defensively, one thing I noticed about your team defensively, Johnny, and I'm not talking about schematics here, but in terms of you talking, are you are you actually watching watching the, the defense in the game? Uh, yeah, I did. Okay, you're not going off notes. See, oh, okay. Wow, I didn't know. I I didn't realize you actually watched what they were doing on defense. Yeah. Because I, I have a spotter that does that for me. I, 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 have, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but it is all me. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> Defensively, what, something I did notice, and this is not schematic, but it's in terms of filling the roster. There are a lot of transfers on that team, JC guys and so forth. Was it part of the philosophy that at least to get going with the program, to get a couple of older guys but talented guys in, in there, even though they're not experienced at this level? I think so. I think he, he needed to. And if you look at that first game, I didn't even recognize any of these guys playing defense because they were all new. He brought in a new front. He, they went from the 3-4 in the first game. They switched to a 4-3 in the second game. Yep. So you got Okwanu playing at a defensive tackle. You got Ami Fanau playing at the nose tackle. You got Latrez Rogers in there who played last year. But he... Um, he brought in a couple of junior college kids that went to Independence Community College in Kansas, and one kid uh, was like all-conference second team, Independence Messiah Nasili Kite, which I know you'll love him. He's a good, good player. Yeah. And these guys have all brought experience. Uh, they brought the transfer from North Carolina State, Joe Bellatapelli, uh, at, at one of the linebacker spots. Uh, so I think it's really helped to have veteran guys come in who, even though they played at the junior college level, they made a, they made an impact when they were playing at places like Independence Community College, which I'm really not familiar with. But um, these kids have done a good job at the junior college level, and a couple of them are starting. I mean, that's how that's how much of a problem they had defensively last year at stopping people. Now they still got to get the numbers down. They were uh, it was a little better defensively uh, against Minnesota than it was against Northwestern. Uh, but this will be a whole different ball game on Saturday. What What do you think that last Friday night did emotionally for this football team and for the football program? Because, because of the way it played out. I, I, well, you couldn't script it. You're, you're 19-point underdogs. Uh, Minnesota comes in. They're a much better team, I thought, than Northwestern was. Better quarterback in Tanner Morgan. Uh, than than Peyton Ramsey was, but I I was proven wrong in that. <laughs> and then to come down and to win it the way they did in overtime on a touchdown by Tungo Bailoa and the extra point by Joe Petrino. And who thinks that their extra point they come back they they come back and score in overtime as well. So it's all tied up, or it's one point shy being tied up. And the kid who'd made a hundred and I think hundred and seventy eight consecutive yeah. extra points in high school and hadn't missed one at Minnesota. Lamont Jordan says as they break the huddle to go and light up for the point after, he says, You know, he's due to shank one. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. And on one hand, 
it's a great, you feel sorry for the kid. But it's a, it's a great win regardless. And if you could have seen the celebration on the field, it was, it was really a sight to see. And one of the first guys to get over to uh, the kid that missed the extra point was our kicker, Joe Petrino. And they can commiserate together with, you know, I know what you're going through. I've done it myself. And, and uh, it was, I think it's just a tremendous boost for them. But that only lasts for 24 hours, all that euphoria that they go through. Because you don't want to think about that. You want to think about coming up to your place. Well, and Joseph Petrino is also coming off an emotional high in that game as well. With the injuries he's had and so forth, he had never in a game made one longer than 40 yards. And then he nails the 51-yarder. I mean, for him, that had to be a great boost. Also, it would be a great boost for that sideline. Well, you know, he missed a 51-yarder off the goal pole. It it hit the goal post and, and bounced off to the left. He missed one earlier in the game. But when you look at his record, if you remember in high school, he kicked a 60-yarder with a left foot and a 50-yarder with a right foot. So I said to Joe, let me see if I understand this. You kick a 60-yarder with your left foot. Oh, yes, sir. (laughs) And you kick a 50-yarder with your right foot. Yes, sir. (laughs) So that tells me that you've got strength in both legs. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, more strength in the left foot than the right foot? Uh, apparently so, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joe. <laughs> the nicest kid in the world from down in Georgia. He, he has no expression. I mean, everything is the same. You know, he, he just never he never breaks concentration. Oh, I, I mean, it was... And one of the nice things, really an emotional moment, I thought, after the game was the team's back in the locker room and I'm, they're getting ready to... I'm sure they're celebrating. We're waiting for Loxley to come on to break the, down, the game down with us. Out of the locker room comes Jake Funk. He's got his football pants on. He's got his shoes still on. He's got his shoulder pads off and just the white shirt underneath it. He's got a cell phone up to his ear, goes out to about the 40-yard line and sits down and talks on that phone for probably five minutes. And there were three, four, five, maybe six guys coming out of the locker room to run down to put their arms around him, give him a big hug and a big, you know, a fist bump. And then they went back in the locker room and he slowly gets up and he walks back to the locker room after talking to whoever he was visiting with. Really a nice sight to see. Yeah. Well, that was a great win, and uh, I'm looking forward to the game on Saturday. It's just too bad you won't be here because, again, it was my turn to buy dinner. But, you know, I mean, it's a pandemic. How could I have counted on that? Well, here's what we do. Lido Pizza is one of our sponsors, and they, they bring over to us a couple of big Lido pizzas for every game. Yeah. Do you have one up there at State College? Uh do we have those there? No, we do not. Okay, no. okay. But, uh, I will send you in the mail uh, a couple of slices. Put you pe- pepperoni or sausage. Uh, pepperoni would be great. If you okay, could do that. yeah, uh, that'd be. Fabulous. I will send you a couple of slices in the mail. I put it in yeah. the mail, uh, but we won't get it until Saturday. So I yeah. put it in the mail on on like Monday. Yeah, I should get it by Tuesday. And you should get it by Wednesday or Thursday of next week. And let me know how it how it goes. Yeah, uh, and if it turns out I'm not doing the game the week after, even though Penn State's playing, yeah, 
It could be a tip-off. It didn't go as well as you'd hoped. <laughs> yeah, you, you can tell them it was sent by Don Fisher. Every time. In the end, look, if you want to be the 48th season lead dog, sometimes you got to take some heat. That's right. you gotta, you got to take the heat. Uh, you just say, this came from Don Fisher, not from me. I'm telling you, Johnny Holiday said that. No, no, John, Johnny and I both confirmed it's from Don Fisher. <laughs> Absolutely, and you so are, is Tom is Tom Hannister right up there? Yeah, Coach Hannister, tell him I said hello. Yeah, I will. Absolutely, and, and Dwight Galt and all these oh. other guys that used to be down here. Yeah, absolutely, they think that. Believe me, they think the world of you. They, in fact, I, I'll say to, I'll say to DJ, he'll say, "How's Johnny Holiday doing?" He says. I say he's doing terrific, and he'll say, "Boy, I wish he was still our announcer." I said, "Deej." <laughs> I said hello to. Oh, He's wow. one of one of my all time favorites. Right. I love James Franklin. He thinks the world of you too, Johnny. Hey, so, okay. Sorry, I'll miss you. I'm looking forward to the pizza. Should be great. Uh, and uh, in fact, send me two slices. <laughs> yeah, that'll really set uh, the post office uh, on fire. Uh, huh? Send me two slices because I'm going to forward one to Don Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> He will go nuts, I guarantee you. We'll hear from him. If you do that, believe me, we'll get a call from him. We will. We will. Johnny, you're the greatest, my friend. All right, Steve. Thank you, buddy. Johnny Holiday. Some of that was about football. (laughs) Some of it's just a couple of veteran guys who have known each other for 30-something years. I think the world of Johnny. All right. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Fourth Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Just received a text from the suit. Why can't you and I have a buddy relationship like that? All right. Check the mirror. Mirror's two R's, right? Uh, Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Q, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Also, 
a fabulous selection of pre-owned inventory, great service department, great deals to be had, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummelsworth and online at sunburymotors.com. Uh, Joe Biden made a few comments moments ago. Correct, yeah. Um, just calling for more patience. He wants all the count, the all the votes to be counted. He addressed the coronavirus concerns uh, real briefly. He's been starting to get briefed on that a little bit, despite not knowing the outcome yet. So those are just some of the real brief remarks he had. All right. There you go. Okay, let's bring in Tyler Donahue, 24-7 Sports. Tyler, welcome. Great to have you with us. Great to be back, and great to hear from you, Steve. Hope you're well. I'm doing well, and I hope you're well. And... Uh, I want to get now to what you've thought so far. You've seen this team in two games. Number one, uh, they haven't won either one, but how good can they be, in your opinion, despite the fact they lost twice? I mean, you know, I still think there's a strong chance that Penn State, at the at the end of this whole nine games and nine-week span that the Big Ten is putting together, I think there's still a good chance that they end up being the second-best team in the conference. The concern for them and the concern for everybody else in the Big Ten now and moving forward is how much of a gap is between Ohio State and, and the, everybody else on a consistent basis, on an annual basis. Um, I think that was on display last week. That was a bit, bit disheartening uh, from a Penn State perspective. I also think it's important to remember that because of what happened between early August and, and mid-October, this team's talent capacity is a bit capped without those two running backs. I believe firmly that Noah Kane and Journey Brown were two of the best in the country. Um, I think they would have had a chance to prove that. I thought Noah Kane taking over as the number one guy going into the season had a great chance to maybe lead all members of this conference in rushing yards. That's how highly I think of him. Without those guys and without your difference maker on defense and Micah Parsons, this is just kind of a, it's a, we have to view this through a different lens than we would have uh, whether it was the day after the Cotton Bowl last year in Dallas or whether we're talking about uh, this spring, even without spring practice, what we thought Penn State was going to be able to put on the football field. I think the biggest thing that you're looking at and, and, and maybe can determine this this program's talent, uh, this, this program's ceiling here in 2020 the rest of the way is the development on the offensive side of things. So what can you do with that offensive backfield? You know that Brown and Kane aren't, uh, aren't available. We're not sure if Brown's going to be available at all. Kane will not be. So what can you make of that with the two freshmen and Devin Ford? And and what's this relationship between Kirk Shiraka and Sean Clifford and really that entire quarterback room, how is that going to progress over the next seven weeks? Is it going to become very clear that Sean Clifford is the guy and, and Sean Clifford is, is ready to, to maybe take that next step and, and this season and then into 2021 as a senior? Or is it going to be worth exploring what else you have on this roster at that position? Because you, you, you can do a lot of things. You can do a lot of great things, but you can't go to the college football playoff and win a game without a quarterback who's ready to get that done for you. And so that's directly tied to, to the new coaching staff at that position and certainly to what Sean Clifford is able to accomplish in these next seven games. Penn State had three touchdown drives of 75 yards in the second half. If you were to have said that to me before the game, I would have said, wow, this is great. This is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Now we know how it played out. But what did you see in the second half offensively that can be a foundation potentially moving forward? Well, I mean, John Dotson, good for him. I mean, what a moment for him in a, in a game that in a lot of ways was underwhelming for Penn State fans. I think you got a clear indication that this kid was ready to step up and be the top target in the passing game at wide receiver. 
Um, to me, the jury was still out on that with Jahan Dotson. He had 40 career catches coming into this season. He had KJ Hamler to take some heat off of him last year, but he clearly was ready for this moment. I think that's big. And the same goes for Parker Washington. You hear a lot of preseason buzz about players on both sides of the football every year, maybe this year more than ever because the offseason was so long. This kid has lived up to it, I think, uh, offensively. Uh, I really like what we see from him out of the slot. Um, so, so to see those two guys step up against a team like Ohio State, what they have defensively is important. I also think Sean Clifford, uh, you know, going, being able to go through some of those reads, um, and, and to me, when he keeps his eyes downfield, that's when you have your best opportunity for him to deliver, for your receivers to be able to, to make plays. And, and I think overall, um, you know, when you look and evaluate this offense, um, those, those long drives were about key throws, some third down throws, uh, some big gains through the air, and, and you know it wasn't really leaning heavily on one guy in particular. Jahan Dotson came up with some magnificent uh, plays, obviously, but you know you saw Pat Fryermuth, of course, being a factor, and, and I really like Parker Washington getting involved. Um, but but you know, still to, to me, the uh, the leaning on Sean as a runner has been surprising. And, and James Franklin said after the game, and that doubled down on that on Tuesday. That was the key part of their game plan. I don't know if anyone anticipated that would be the factor that it was under a new offensive coordinator here in piecing together those kind of drives that you just mentioned. That, uh, with all due respect, I did only because uh, in watching the Ohio State tape coming in, they've been they have been susceptible to that play. I mean, that's I mean that's Adrian Martinez did that to them. They have been susceptible to that, and that's the only reason I just wanted that way the audience knows why they went the direction they did because. Oh, I understand why, but you go back to Indiana and you're and you're leaning on Clifford as a runner in so many ways, and I know that yeah. as the running back. But but the last two years we have not seen Penn State reach the the final third of its regular season with a quarterback healthy enough to to carry the offense, and that's my concern when you see Clifford taking this volume of shots this early in the season. Tyler, the the defense which for the most part against Indiana played really well, but obviously on Saturday night it wasn't to the standard they want. Uh, what are you seeing with that defense, and how much did the first half loss of uh, Jesse Lucchetta mean to that kind of performance? Mm-hmm. I think I think we learned a lot more about Jesse Lucchetta's value to this football program, perhaps more than people were giving credit to. Um, I, I'm a big believer in Jesse Lucchetta, not just as a football player, but as kind of a heart and soul player for your defense. Reminds me a little bit of Jason Cabinda and, and kind of the, the factor that he had on the field, off the field, as a guy players mm-hmm. could turn to when things were getting going awry. So to lose him on this kind of stage and have to lean heavily on some of your younger guys, Lance Dixon, Brandon Smith. And by the way, I thought Brandon Smith did take a step forward. I know James yes. Franklin said that on Tuesday, yes. but he flashed. And when he's playing without that hesitancy, you see a different player, and you're kind of reminded. This was the kid we saw on the football field down in, in Virginia during his high school career, being a Buckets Award finalist, flashing that athleticism. He, he got the best hit in, in, in on uh, Justin Fields, made him feel that one, and prevented a big gain on the screen at one point. So that was promising to see. I think defensively, you're still looking for someone who someone who's going to be able to be a consistent game wrecker. Uh, I mean, Shaka Tony certainly did his best to try to close things out at Indiana and play Superman at the end of that contest. And uh, uh, Jason Away was you know, microseconds away from having a huge statistical performance in that contest as well. But to this stage, you're still looking for, for someone to be able to take over a game defensively. I don't know if maybe that player will emerge early on. Maybe it's going to take some time over the course of the year um, and for someone like a Brandon Smith to get comfortable or Jason Away to continue taking strides. But that's where you're really missing Micah Parsons because across the way against Ohio State, you've got 
a true genuine Heisman Trophy candidate, a player who can, you know, create and do things with Justin Fields. And if there was one guy I felt like had a chance to nullify that, it was Micah Parsons, maybe one of the a handful of guys in the country you could say that about. So I think we're, we're still looking and still seeing who's going to gain confidence. But early on, I, I, you know, if you're looking for bright spots, Brandon Smith, I think, took a step forward. I think Akeem Beeman has really emerged as that first mm-hmm. defensive tackle off the sideline as a redshirt freshman. And another guy who has certainly validated the preseason buzz, uh, I'm, I'm sure you might agree with this, is Joey Porter Jr. Yes. For two games, uh, he looks every bit uh, of the package that we were kind of sold during preseason. And I know a lot of folks were, were surprised that he surged to the starting job after redshirting last mm-hmm. year. But very clearly, this is not a player you can afford to keep on the sideline right now. No, he is playing, him and, and he's going to get better. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the, that's a great part about him, Tyler. He's going to get better. Uh, they've spent a lot of this. They opened the season on a 13-play, 64-yard drive. Then they fell behind 17-7. They have actually spent most of this season playing from behind. What would it mean to them, in your opinion, to see them jump to the lead and play with the lead on Saturday? It would be huge just from a from a psychological standpoint. I think this, this, this is a program that it would feel tremendous, just that you'd feel it across the state, across the stadium, across the sideline, if they can open up, say, a two-score lead early on in this game and, and, and be able to have their footing because they've been kind of playing on roller skates early in these games, uh, mm-hmm. facing those deficits, dealing with problems. And, and, and this is a team that, that is a little bit limited on guys you can turn to who have been through the battles at the Big Ten level and have come out the other side. And, and so I think it would be a, a tremendous thing just from, from a psychological standpoint, but I also think it would give them an opportunity to see what they've got a little bit more in that running back room. Um, I think Devin Ford could use a jolt of personal confidence. Uh, he had a really nice, flashy run yeah. in the first quarter against Ohio State, but outside of that, was pretty well bottled up. And then Kevon Lee, Keziah Holmes out of that backfield. I, I think this is a game in which um, you'd like to establish yourself early on the scoreboard and then see see what those guys can do for you uh, over the course of this game. And, and not only that, but, uh, but a lead in this game would give you a chance to, to maybe go b- deeper at rotations, uh, uh, you know, get some redshirt freshmen, even some third-year sophomores out there, um, and just gain some experience because unlike last year year and and every year before, really, the non-conference play eliminated the ability to get feet wet early in the season, and you'd hate for injuries to have to result in guys getting on the field and not really knowing what a Big Ten football game feels like. This is a game where you look at the recent track record on the scoreboard, there should be opportunities in the second half of this game to get longer look at, looks at guys, to get some films to, to scrutinize a little bit. Um, but overall, I think it comes down to the confidence boost you would gain uh, early in this game and coming out of the game with, with an impressive performance. Um, I think if this is one where it's hanging in the bounds and it's stressful in the fourth quarter, um, that's also going to tell us something about where Penn State is right now, and it's going to prevent you from opening some things up as a coaching staff and, and as a roster. Tyler, I apologize for not remembering if you were at Indiana or not. So my apologies to you for that. But what it, what was it like, you know, yeah, if you were at Indiana? Then combine that with what it was like for you seeing an empty stadium and a game being played in it. I, I, Mark Brennan was at Indiana on behalf of our site, so uh, he, he he filled that seat for us, and we appreciated he was, that. But he was he was next. He was right next to our broadcast. <laughs> 
Uh, but I, I'll tell you what, it was it was very strange, my first experience, you know, going into Beaver Stadium. During the day, I was reminded of, of you know, just my own videos. Sometimes social media says, hey, this, this you know, it's easy to find things. And, and so, uh, you know, just looking at some of the old whiteout game memories that I, from videos and pictures I'd posted in recent years, uh, it certainly was, it was sad to see that not being the case. And you understand why it's the case, but... Uh, it was it was it was just bizarre. Um, it, it 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 felt like a big game because you knew people across the country were watching it, and I had friends and family texting me over the course of the game. So you still had those big game vibes, but it didn't feel like it when you're actually in the stadium because uh, you know, the 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 can noise it was a little off. I, I know their work. Everybody's kind of trying to figure out how to deal with this, right. but hearing like kind of the fake crowd noise come. You know, a few seconds after a stop was strange, and and I was just thinking, you got the the cluster of parents behind the bench. It reminded me of high school. I was, you know, I'm I'm wondering if James Franklin is hearing from a parent and saying, "Hey, put my kid in." I was like, this is so strange. I haven't seen a setup like this since you know covering high school or being part of high school, where it's all the only people there are a smattering of fans. Really, are are the parents and and family members. So, um, yeah, it's going to take some getting used to. I hope we don't have to get used to this long term. And I, I, it, I sure would love to be surrounded by those 110,000 other folks uh, next time we, we have a chance to watch this team play Ohio State in Beaver Stadium. You do a great job, Tyler, really great job. Uh, ask a lot of great questions at the uh, press conference and do a fabulous job covering the team. Uh, appreciate your time very much. I greatly appreciate that, and uh, glad, that, glad that you get to come from football games this year. I know a lot more people than usual are tuning into your broadcast because they can't get in the stadium. So uh, you do a great job as well. Thank you for that. Hey, Tyler, appreciate that very much. Tyler Donahue, 24-7 Sports. We'll wrap it up with the Suits caddy in a moment. What do you think, huh? Hey, now... Doug sure. Birdsong. Doug Birdsong is the lead dog. He is. Yes. And the fact that the suit refers to Doug as his caddy bothers me. Yeah, that's a violation. <laughs> Every day. All right, back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. <laughs> Tomorrow we'll have our picks with the Kings. Some pretty intriguing games to talk about. I'm going to assume Minnesota-Indiana is going to make it. I'm going to assume Florida-Georgia is going to make it. Clemson-North Carolina. Then there'll be some NFL games that we'll uh, talk about. Probably New Orleans and Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a good football weekend. It is, and the weather's going to be good. too. Most of the games are going to be really good, uh, so <laughs> looking forward to it. Uh, <laughs> Steelers going to run that team right out of the – get out of here. To quote Joe, get out of here. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Yeah, so, but what strikes me is that the weather's going to be so nice this weekend. It's going to be up to 70 degrees. So, with it being 70 degrees and a home football weekend, I've decided that 
Now, I won't. Nothing will be turned on till Thanksgiving, but I'm going to put up the outdoor lights this weekend. I mean, I've already stacked. I, last weekend, I stacked two cords of wood. All right. I picked up all the leaves in the yard. Now there are going to be many more that are going to fall. You know, but at least for the time being, for the moment, it's clean. So we'll put up the lights. You know what? That's not a bad me. idea. I mean, you know, don't turn. I'm not going to turn them on right. until Thanksgiving night. But instead of standing out there and freezing and then looking at my hands saying, okay, why are they turning blue? Uh, let's try this. Because I'll do this when it's warm like this, and people will drive by and they stare at me. Oh, what's he doing? Well, what's he doing? That's just, right. And judging you and then, too early for Christmas, blah, right. blah, blah. And then, of course, Thanksgiving comes, and it's Thanksgiving weekend, and I'm just hitting a switch and the lights are going on, and I'm driving along, and these people are out there with 32 degrees going, I wish I was him. <laughs> <laughs> That is very uh, smart. Maybe I'll do the same thing. You know, it's only going to take me an hour to do. But you can just calmly go about it. You know, get yourself a beverage and <laughs> set the whole thing up. And you're, I mean, because I mean, I, you know, it's what I do is very simple. Very, same. very simple. You know, there's nothing complicated about what I'm doing. I don't put up inflatables in the front yard and Snoopies and things like that. <laughs> I don't do any of that you're stuff. You're not all That's about not, that. Yeah, no, I mean, people that do it, it's fun, it's great. It's just, it's not what I do. It's not me. Yeah, it's not me. Greg Nye, the Penn State golf coach, is going to join us an hour from now on the Penn State Coaches Show. James Franklin in the final half hour. Penn State will take on Maryland Saturday, 3.30 at Beaver Stadium. We're on beginning at 2 o'clock. Well, that is uh, the story for today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Matt, have a good one. I'm back in an hour with the Penn State Coaches Show. And then the King is on the show tomorrow. And Dick Girardi. Breeders' Cup weekend. Talk to DJ today. I can quietly tell you that there is a non-conference basketball schedule. I just can't tell you who it's... I just, I'm not allowed to say what dates and who yet, okay? Even though I know the dates and who. <laughs> Baby steps. <laughs> okay. But they, they felt it was important that the two of us know. <laughs> And we actually have half a hockey schedule, believe it or not.